EM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast, where we flip the script on what board studying should really be like. I am Iltafat Hussein. I'm joined by Dr. Blake Briggs. Uh, we like to drop 10 to 15 minute episodes where you get high yield board knowledge. You know, we like to say come for the stems, laugh a little bit, stay for the content, or you can just fast forward the first 30 seconds and go right to the content. (laughs) (laughs) You know, hit that fourth third. Anyways, um, if you have done that, you probably are not even listening to what I'm saying right now. Um, Anyways. You don't even know our names. You don't even know our names. <laughs> Listen, though, I sign up uh, to our website for free updates, right, Dr. Briggs? And our episodes are there as well at emboardbombs.com. Um, if you sign up on our newsletter, you'll get updates as to our topics and when we launch new content. Hey, Dr. Briggs, let's do this thing. Hey, Dr. Hussain, let's do this thing. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I look good. So here's the question. You are examining a 27-year-old male presents to the ER after slipping off a ledge in an elevator shaft. So he was hired as an elevator technician and received only one day of formal training through an iPhone. He works for a Silicon Valley startup called Going Up, end quote, (laughs) where they crowdsource technicians with an app. They used to be a electric scooter company. The patient slipped and fell several feet down the shaft, unfortunately, eventually straddling a crossbeam. Ouch. Ouch. He felt immediate pain and has not been able to urinate since the accident. Which of the following is true? A, if a foley is inserted and draining urine in the setting of pelvic fractures, the foley should still be removed. B, the majority of urethral injuries are non-operative. C, anterior urethral injuries are commonly complicated by incontinence. D, performing a retrograde urethrogram is always indicated in the setting of suspected urethral trauma. E, posterior urethral injuries are most commonly secondary to pelvis fractures. Saying urethral over and over again is not very easy, (laughs) Dr. Blake Briggs. Correct answer here is E, posterior urethral injuries are most commonly secondary to pelvis fractures. Hmm. <laughs> this is my worst nightmare. Um, you know, it's, it, it makes me uh, pained to do this topic. I know. I, I just don't feel comfortable sitting in this chair right now. <laughs> right? Right. I'm a little, I'm I'm a little antsy. I'm actually pacing. I'm pacing. <laughs> are you doing that again? You've done that before. Pacing with the microphone. I know. I know. We need to stop. We need to stop doing that. All right. And just get to the meat of our answers. I know. I know. (laughs) Get to the meatus of our answers. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about GU trauma. This one little section of GU trauma somehow comes up on boards a lot. This urethral thing. Would you agree? You have to. This is like easy points, but you just have to know it. Said everyone ever on this show. I know, but it, it is really Thanks for tuning in. Right? This is an easy topic. You just have to know it. Hence the difficulty in knowing every topic. <laughs> I feel like I, I, that was the attending card that I pulled right there, yeah. where I'm just telling the resident, look, it's just, it's really easy. You just, come on. You always need to think about it until it's not there. And then <laughs> you're being overcautious. All right. So urethral injury. 
high-yield subject. Pretty much the only subject of GE trauma for boards. It occurs in 10% of all pelvic traumas, which actually is a higher percent than I thought. So you need to suspect urethral injuries if there is, one, blood at the meatus. And this is going to be the most common finding, by the way. Um, other things that could happen that are scary, uh, but they could be there, would be a you know scrotal or penile hematoma, a severe pelvic fracture, of course, and inability to urinate. Now, two last things that you probably didn't hear me mention. One is the high-riding prostate, which is one of the weirdest things ever. <laughs> one of the weirdest phrases ever, but high ride, a high-riding prostate is— And you can always tell what that is. Yes, right. You know, the easiest thing on the exam. Um, the high-riding prostate, if it's mentioned on your boards, then yes, they're probably suspecting that this is a, some type of GU trauma. But in real life, there's been a lot of recent research that has shown that test is awful. It doesn't really help. It's not sensitive, meaning if you don't even find it, it doesn't mean that the person doesn't have GU trauma. And there was actually some studies that showed providers have difficulty time because they don't even do this test enough of even identifying what is a high-riding prostate, even urologists. So, yeah, do you know, like, I will tell you, um, occasionally uh, residents will tell me that they found a high riding prostate uh, on their exam. Um, who, who have I you been working said, with? Said, said no attending ever. <laughs> <laughs> said, I took you seriously for a minute no there. I took you seriously. I thought, well, who is reporting high riding prostates? All right. So, yeah. You so, should know my sarcasm by now. Continue. I do. That was pretty, that was pretty good. Okay. So, <laughs> High-riding prostates, not going to see them, and they're not that good in real life, but on boards that they mention the phrase high-riding prostate, you need to just kind of play along with it and suspect, okay, they're going with this GU trauma thing. Hematuria is another thing that's not always present, unfortunately, but when it's there, it can be helpful as well. All right, so males are going to be more common for these injuries, um, as we kind of all would suspect, unfortunately, due to the length of the urethra for males, there is a higher risk of urethral injury. The big thing with the Foley, let's talk about that just to clear the air here. And that was one of the choices about, hey, if you insert a Foley, you need to take it out because there's concern that you could be worsening some of the damage. We all learn that you shouldn't be putting Foley's in people that have suspected GU trauma. And that's true. However, let's say someone doesn't, you know, really think about the GU trauma. And when they're in the ED here or waiting to go to the OR, someone just shoves a Foley right in without even thinking. What should you do next? Do you take it out? No. So... When the Foley is accidentally inserted and it's draining clear urine or slightly blood-tinged, do not remove the Foley. So they are actually saying now if you remove that Foley, you could cause more damage. And this is going to be a board question. And actually, I saw this actual point in a board study book. So if you put a Foley in somebody that suspected GU trauma by accident, do not try to rip it out. Just leave it if it's there and it's draining clearish urine. If it's draining gross blood, then that's a whole different story. And, the, and they'll present it as a trauma patient, obviously, and it'll be one of those patients where a Foley was inserted, they're either now being taken to scanner or a new physical exam findings found, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And remember that hematuria, about less than five RBCs, that can be caused by just the trauma of putting in a urinary catheter. So keep that in mind. Minimal gross hematuria could be associated with Foley insertion. All right, so let's, let's break down the urethral injuries now that we got those little particulars out of the way. Um, you know, let's break down the two types of urethral injury. Let's break down the diagnosis of it, you know, including the retrograde urethrogram, and then kind of the triad that you would see of bladder injury as well. So urethral injuries, basically all urethral injuries are operative. And there are two types of urethral injuries, anterior and posterior. And let's divvy up where these begin. The posterior urethral injury is going to be from the bladder entrance to the end of the prostate. So the prostate is basically the dividing point here. Anterior injuries are after the prostate, 
So from distal end of the prostate to the urethral um, external meatus, posterior urethral injuries include the prostate. Does that make sense, Dr. Hussain? It does. Okay, excellent. Anterior injuries, let's go back to those. These are going to be due to some type of straddle injury or a penile fracture, which both can be related. I know. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm pacing. Sorry. Sorry. All right, continue. Sorry. Excuse Keep me. Going. I'm pacing. <laughs> the signs of this. So think about it. This is all anterior stuff, meaning that it's usually the actual length of the distal urethra. And so this stuff's pretty visible, actually, right? Because this is the stuff that would include the scrotums. You could have scrotal hematoma, of course, or a penile hematoma. Um, you could have a swollen penis or a scrotum. And then very commonly, you could have hematuria. This is the one you would see hematuria, and you'd see blood at the external meatus, right? So all this stuff's going to be more visible. So what I'm trying to get is that the anterior urethral injuries are usually a little bit easier to diagnose because of all the visible symptomatology that we described earlier. They're also going to have difficulty voiding, and fistulas are a major complication later on, like weeks later. So keep that in mind that when they talk about these complications later, and that was one of the answer choices, fistulas are the major concern for anterior urethral injuries. Posterior urethral injuries, again, from the bladder entrance to the distal end of the prostate. This is going to be due to some type of pelvic fracture. Obviously, given the fact that the you know, pubic synthesis overlies that area, and the pelvic bones overlie that majority of the area there. So the signs of this, of course, are going to include anything that has to do with the pelvic fracture. Distended bladder, of course. The big thing, the big catch here is that you're going to have a normal-looking penis and scrotum, which can be sneaky. These are a little bit harder to diagnose. When you get your chest x-ray and pelvic x-ray, if you're suspecting pelvic trauma, it's good to get that x-ray early because you can automatically see, hey, there's an open pelvic ring. It's going to be very suspicious, right? 10% of those injuries could be due to a urethral injury, most likely posterior if it's a pelvic fracture. So what are the complications of these people? You know, we said fistulas are a concern for anterior urethral injuries. These posterior injuries are going to be associated with impotence along with incontinence. These are major complications. Both make sense, right? Because we're up, kind of close up next to the bladder. So the pudendal, remember those pudendal nerves from anatomy? You know, I'll be honest with you. No, no. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't have to know. It doesn't matter. So you don't. <laughs> the pudendal nerves and all those pelvic nerves but it doesn't really matter there's some nerves air that come off the you know sciatic and lumbar area and they go to this area in the bladder and basically those can be you know distinctly damaged from pelvic fractures that's why you have this impotence and incontinence i like to think of the nerve stuff that's damaged way up high rather than the physical stuff the fistulas that are you know associated with anterior injuries the lower stuff so diagnosis let's wrap this thing up you need to do a retrograde urethrogram. This is the one you learned about in medical school. You know, if you see all this stuff on these patients. And this is what diagnoses the anterior urethral injury. So here's the fascinating thing, Dr. Hussein. I, I got to admit, when I was in med school, there was this kind of, you know, section on, oh, you do a retrograde urethrogram on these patients. And that's it. And they never, like, followed up what happens afterward. You just do it. And that was it, the test question. And I don't know about you, but I never learned kind of what happened afterward. But once well, you do we're going to tell you. We're, we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you. When you do this, first of all, have you ever seen one of these done? Awkward looking thing is what we would like to say. Yeah, it's you just know? things that shouldn't happen. Things yeah, flowing exactly. in the opposite direction. Basically, the whole exactly. point is that you're, you're evaluating anterior urethral injuries. Contraindication for doing this is in the setting of severe pelvic fractures with concern for bleeding. And why is that? Because if you shoot this contrast up, backwards up the urethra through the external meatus, that contrast is going to linger. And now it's in the pelvis and it's stuck there. 
you know, it'll take time to dissolve away. And so what if that person has to go to IR? You've just distorted their entire view there with contrast in the area, um, which is a big no-no. If you suspect pelvic fracture or you've seen one in the x-ray, do not do a rug or at least consider not doing one because the contrast that extravasates can damage your chances of repairing a lot of those vessels in IR. So if rug is negative, you can place a Foley, right? Because the anterior urethral injuries are not suspected to be there. The rug rules them out pretty well. So you place a Foley, and then you can perform a retrograde CT cystogram. Well, basically, you will be evaluating for a posterior urethral injury and bladder injuries. So that basically, that test basically fills the bladder with contrast, and then they take a KUB, and that's a retrograde cystogram, or you can do a CT, retrograde CT cystography. So basically the same thing, two sides of the same coin, one's more advanced than the other. So let's rehash that. Do a rug when you suspect any type of urethral injury. The rug will rule out, with pretty good certainty, anterior urethral injuries by shooting up contrast through the anterior urethra. It doesn't do a good job of showing posterior injuries. So it'll go just to about to prostate. So if that's negative, then you can place a Foley, and then you can debate performing a retrograde CT cystography or cystogram, where basically that evaluates for posterior urethral injuries and bladder injuries. Does that all make sense, Dr. Hussein? Got it. Got awesome. it. Awesome. I like it. Great. So we're going to wrap up here. The last two things to keep in mind are, one, just bladder injuries. A quick blur about those. Yes. Agreed. All right. So let's cash out these answer choices and summarize everything. So choice A, let's talk about the Foley being inserted and draining urine. You should remove it anyway. That's not true. We talked about Foley's should not be preferentially insur- inserted, but if they are inserted and they're draining clear urine or very minimal hematuria, don't pull. The majority of urethral injuries are non-operative. This is not true. The majority of injuries are operative. They may not be emergently operative because of the setting of trauma and other injuries that are more important or more life-threatening, but they will need to be operated on to prevent complications as we talked about later. Choice C, anterior urethral injuries are commonly complicated by incontinence. That's not true. They're complicated by fistulas. The posterior injuries are complicated by impotence and incontinence. Performing a retrograde urethrogram is always indicated in the setting of suspected urethral trauma. That's not true. Remember, we talked about there are relative contraindications, including especially, most importantly, distorting the view for IR. All right. You want to take us out? Anything else you want to add? So let's take it out. So there's another board bomb delivered. Um, We're going to be doing a bonus bomb where Dr. Briggs is going to tell a hilarious story of how he was almost called out as a terrorist uh, at a coffee shop. Um, That's going to be a part of the board bomb that we do next. Remember to sign up on our website, emboardbombs.com, for future episodes, new content. And again, emboardbombs.com. We've got a newsletter on there that's pretty sweet. Uh, uh, Blake does a great job uh, with the graphics on that. Pretty impressed by that, actually. Um, Don't know if I told you. Didn't want to get your confidence too high there, Blake. Hey, hey, it should be exciting for this uh, release with the urethral injuries. Who knows what I'm going to do? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, This might might be the end of our podcast, actually. (laughs) Um, And uh, anyways, so you'll know in our newsletter when new things go out. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. That's really helpful to us uh, because uh, it helps us really track, you know, actual usage and views per episode. Uh, The other thing that would be helpful is if you can drop us a review and in the process of dropping a review uh, tell us some topics that you'd like to uh, for us to tackle um anything else like that's all i got awesome we'll see you next time see Boom. ya